York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lee. I would do it. I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. On Donald Sterling, his race rant, I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, at street underscore soldiers, and tweet us your comments using the hashtag race rant. We'll we'll read some of them on the air. That's at Lisa Evers, at street underscore soldiers, hashtag race rant. And we'll take your phone calls at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. And remember, we're streaming live on hot97.com. And if you're on the go or on the move, you can listen on your phone on the free Hot 97 app. What a story this is. It just seems like there's developments every single day, and we don't know quite how it's going to end. It was an Instagram picture of his mistress with Magic Johnson and some recorded conversations where L.A. Clippers owner Donald Sterling reveals embedded racist attitudes. And they did what federal discrimination lawsuits and even a racial discrimination lawsuit against them by former general manager... NBA Hall of Famer Elgin Baylor could not. They got Sterling banned from the NBA and from owning the team. They even said, you can't even attend any games. Don't even show up at the stadium. So here's what was on some of those hours and hours of recordings made by his mistress. Excuse me, now she says, as of Friday, she was his personal assistant, V. Stiviano. Why are you broadcasting? I'm not broadcasting anything. Why are you taking pictures with minorities? Why? You perceive... Either a Latina or a white girl. Why should you be walking publicly with black people? Do you know that I'm mixed? No, I don't know. You know that I'm mixed. You told me you were going to remove those. People call you and tell you that I have black people on my Instagram and it bothers you. Yeah, it bothers me a lot that you want to broadcast that you're associating with black people. Now, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver hit Sterling with harsh penalties. And so far, the only response from the billionaire 80-something-year-old owner who made his money in real estate has been to DuJour Magazine, which is a luxury upscale magazine that was founded by Jason Bin. And he basically just said, had the quote, I should have paid her off. That was all that he said. So no apology, no evidence of any kind of shame, no expression of, gee, guys, you know, to the team, sorry you're in the playoffs, sorry you've had this distraction, and all this kind of thing. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar thinks that the Clippers owner might be suffering from PMS, not the female kind, but what he calls plantation master syndrome. The basketball legend says, while the entire rant and Sterling's attitudes are offensive, why did it take so long for him to get called out on them when this was apparently, from what we're hearing from many, many quarters, an open secret? What is really going to happen now? I mean, can they really get the team away from this guy? And what about V. Stiviano, the the quote-unquote personal assistant? Um, let me know what you think about that. 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. And let's find out what our outstanding panel has to say. And hit me up on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, at Street underscore Soldiers, hashtag Donald Sterling, hashtag Race Rant. 
Joining us in studio, Kazim Famuide. Did I say that right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you. (laughs) He is a journalist and writer with Stash.com. Also with us is Peter Keating. He's a senior writer for ESPN, the magazine. He's been covering this, uh, all the developments. Also joining us is Chris Barnes. He's a sports writer uh, for BK Nation. Chris, thanks for being with us. Thank you. We appreciate it. And uh, and on the phone, we have Atan Thomas, a former NBA player with the Washington Wizards, Oklahoma City Thunder, and Atlanta Hawks. He is the recipient of the 2010 National Basketball Players Association Community Contribution Award and the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Foundation Legacy Award. He's also a writer and a poet and very active in our communities. Atan, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Yeah, 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 that's good. Okay, all right, awesome. And then uh, also joining us on the phone shortly will be a professor of African-American studies and history at Fordham University, and also joining us, Charles Coleman, Jr., federal civil rights attorney. Atan, what was your reaction when you heard about this? My reaction wasn't one of surprise. I mean, his his, his racism and history of discrimination is well documented. He is the has the largest settlement of a discrimination case in L.A. history to the tune of $2.7 and him and his wife. I don't know why they don't put his wife in there. They were both, they were one racist discriminating team. Um, and they, that's what they were doing all through L.A. So, so what, what his racism, it wasn't a shock. It was just a shock that has gone on for so long and, and not been, been uh, checked. But he is who he is, and he is a proud racist. Even when he had his settlement, he didn't apologize and say how sorry he was or something like that. He said, this is not admission of guilt because I don't think I did anything wrong. And that's, you know, what racism, they don't, they don't think that they did did anything wrong, but he's in a position of power to exert his racism um, on, on different people and harm them. So that's where the problem is. That's where it becomes even a bigger issue than just a regular white guy that don't like black people and Mexican people. But what about the issue of you as, you know, as, a, as a former player? To play for an owner like that, do you, did the players know that, that was, those were his views? Well, I, you know, I, I personally have been writing about him for a long time. A lot of ESPN writers have been writing about him for a long time, and it, it's not something that is, is new. Um, I could never play for a person like that, but this isn't this isn't like a new thing though. Um, this is something that's been around for a while. Elgin Baylor um, had a had a had a uh, lawsuit against him, and the things that that went on that Elgin Baylor was saying. And Elgin Baylor is a, a DC legend; he was well respected, and and the NBA didn't really do anything at all. I mean, it just kind of went away. But there's so many different. There's a laundry list of different things that people have said. Um, that both documented and undocumented. Uh, so, so nobody is that shocked by by these latest comments. He just got caught. All right, one eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven hot ninety seven street soldiers. Lisa Evers at Lisa Evers at street underscore soldiers. Hashtag Donald Sterling. Hashtag race rant. Let us know what you think about this. Peter Keating, as a writer, senior writer for ESPN, the magazine. You wrote a, wrote a piece where you said, "What took you so long?" To the NBA, basically. Right. I mean, Donald Sterling not only paid one of the largest monetary settlements ever in a housing discrimination case in 2005, he paid the largest monetary settlement ever to the Justice Department for a housing discrimination case in 2009. And as we were just talking about, there was a a whole Elgin Baylor lawsuit. So we wrote about this in 2009, and the response was essentially crickets. And it wasn't just from the league. You know, the NBA Players Association— had no comment on, even on Elgin Baylor, you know, a Hall of Fame player, and what he went through with Donald Sterling. Uh, the NAACP w- gave him an award five years ago. The, the, the craziest coincidence about this whole thing to me is that we caught up with Donald Sterling at the NAACP event in 2009, and 
He said, "When this Elgin Baylor lawsuit, we're going to hear from his lawyer later on yeah, in the well, show." Well, it was just before the law. It was just around the time the lawsuit was breaking, and Donald Sterling looked around the room and he said to my colleague Alyssa Ronig, who was there, "Look, ESPN is here. You know why they're here? They want to know why the NAACP would give an award to someone with my track record." He was kind of jolly about it, and then he introduced her to various people there, and some B and C level movie stars came up and talked to her, and it was literally a "some of my best friends are black" moment. And um, so when this whole thing broke and, and the NAACP was on the verge of giving him another Lifetime Achievement Award. Right, this year. That was the, this that, month. Was, that was the single craziest coincidence about all of this to me. And, but it's not just a coincidence. It's a sign about just how much silence and enabling there was by everybody in, in basically the NBA power structure. All right, 1-800-223-9797. Kazim, when you looked at this case, I mean, this all came about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has been very vocal. Mm -hmm. He says as much as, as despicable as his comments are, as despicable as his attitudes are, these embedded racist attitudes, it's also a very sleazy way that this came out. It's not like 2009 where you had a face to the accusations, you had... Uh, you know, evidence that was presented. There was a, a lawsuit that was underway. What do we know about how this all came to light in this Vistaviano, who, as of Friday, now says she had no sexual relationship with him and that she mm -hmm. was his personal assistant? I mean, the way the way it kind of broke out is just kind of speaks to, you know, the way that we receive news in 2014 now, where something as small as, as an Instagram picture blew up to this entire thing, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, I'm not sure if this was on the record or not, but when um, Adam Silver made the uh, comments before he initially announced that he was going to ban um, Donald Sterling, he said that he knew he was being recorded. Like, he said that he was well aware of, you know, that she was being he was being recorded for, you know, these statements. So that's kind of what makes it all the more, like he said, like, what took you so long? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is something that he was proud of. This is something that, you know, he knew that people knew about him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he took, uh, you know, he took the ESPN writer to the NAACP awards, and they said, hey, look at this, look at them trying to honor me when they know my track record. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's funny to me because nobody really knew how to really handle it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's a player that says this type of thing, it's like, okay, you they find get them, fined. you suspend them, whatever. If it's a coach, if it's anything like that. They lose that, endorsements. All that, you know what I'm saying? But when it's an owner, it's it's just a no-win situation, you know? So he, he, gets he gets announced that he's going to be banned from the NBA, but what does that really mean? You know, like, he still owns the team. He's still going to make a ton of money from selling it eventually. Like, it's one of those things where it's a catch-22, and you really can't do much about it and that's kind of why it's you know it's one of those things where what took us so long to do anything but there but there's also chris barnes sports writer for bk nation what kareem abdul jabbar was saying is despicable again as these comments are these attitudes are there was also a go, kind of a go along to get along you want to be in the nba you want to play if you're going to all of a sudden hold a litmus test of i'm not going to work for a racist i'm not going to do business for a racist i'm not going to do this you know it could be a very small you know it could be limiting your options and limiting your career what do you think about that well in addition it's the year 2014 and those are a few points just aren't flowing these days anymore it's okay to be a closet racist but you need to be a closet racist the moment that society as a whole knows that you're a racist everyone wants to jump in and say hey what's going on with this guy and I think the other NBA not NBA owners MLB owners and other owners they're going to be an example if you act like this this is going to happen to you as well 
You think that that's what's going to happen? Yes. Charles, Charles Coleman is federal civil rights attorney. Where do we draw the line between what's legal and what's illegal? Obviously, him going in these housing discrimination suits that, that Peter was writing about for ESPN, where they're using very derogatory comments about blacks, about Latinos, sure. harassing people. They did a big settlement, but for him to just have these views, is right. that in itself illegal? It isn't. I mean, I think the thing that is sort of the sword and the shield regarding the situation is that the NBA is essentially a private organization. It's a private league, and First Amendment rights relate to our protections as it relates to state actors. And there's no state actor here. The, the issue is regarding the league and the league's constitutions and the uh, the agreement that owners who are in the league participate in, who participate in the league agree to as part of being an owner in the league. Um, so in terms of legality, that's not necessarily an issue here. I, I just want to go back very quickly in terms of the what took you so long point. One, one thing that I found particularly interesting about this situation is that it took so long for the other NBA owners to actually come out and make a statement. Michael Jordan was one who made one very early. Mickey Arison, who's the owner of the Heat, made one very early. And, and, and one can only presume that that came at the behest of LeBron James, who was also very vocal on this issue early on. But I think that when you start talking about what took you so long – the owners themselves have to bear some of the blame with respect to how the situation developed because they have known as well and they have been empowered to do something about it and chose not to. But what about you deal with employment discrimination? Absolutely. Case. There, w- there was also talk in one of, the, one of the stories that he would go into the locker room. He would basically take, take people into the locker room like show <laughs> and tell. Sure which I still don't understand why they allow reporters in the locker rooms and mm. that whole thing, but it, it, it's, it's like, you know, in, in a very demeaning way, like guys are coming out of the shower and here they are and it's kind of like this, this show-off thing that's, that some people would say is very reminiscent. I, I think that... Is, is, that if, is there any employment discrimination for players if, they, if it affected their, their playing? I think that there are absolutely some remnants of a hostile work environment uh, on behalf of the players. I think that if the players wanted to bring a suit against him, there would definitely be some actionable actions that he's, that he's participated in. I think the question would be, you know, what are the damages, as you said? Is it, if it affected their playing, if it affected, you know, uh, their, their contracts where there was ultimately monetary loss that they incurred as a result of his the environment that he created that's all possible but I, I absolutely think that if one of his players on that team wanted to say his actions whether it's the statements that he made whether it's the situation with Elgin Baylor whether it's uh, the other things that he did in terms of pe- bringing people into the locker room etc cetera, etc cetera, that that created a hostile work environment they absolutely would be able to sustain a claim down in the future at any point yes all right let's go to uh, line three here I think we have Kareem is that you uh, no, it's not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's Abdul-Jabbar from West Philly, but thanks for that honor anyway. All right. What's your question or comment? All right. My comment is simply this. Uh, this uh, situation with the gentleman expressing his views in a private session, so to speak, uh, it should only remind us of exactly what our purpose is. When we publicly degrade ourselves with the level of uh, insult on music, with the degrading statements we make about women and then we expect for someone else to think greater of us what are we actually doing it's like shooting ourselves in the foot. oh wait a minute so now you're bl- you're blaming hip-hop on that's it let me get, re- no, let me no, get a reaction not, from our audience not about at all that. that's not what i'm doing not at all but you're saying it creates a climate no, what I'm, yes what i'm saying is this gentleman's sentiment comes from a long bloodline of rich racist money our whole purpose is to serve their needs and make them rich but in the meantime, there have been p- 
plenty of our people that have sacrificed to put us in better positions so that we could combat that with a sense of honor, pride, and we are definitely supposed to be doing things so that when those statements are made, we can shock them all because in all actuality. Okay, let, let me let me get a reaction. Really okay, you're, and you're raising some good points. And thank you very much for calling in. Shout out to all our listeners in Philly listening online, hot97.com and on the Hot 97 app. Uh, Tom, what about the uh, the players, how they would feel working for a guy like this? I mean, I, I kind of want to address what, what he just said, and I'll do respect yeah, please. to him. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I, I'm right now in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I, where I grew up, and I had a father in the panel here. And here we had something called Black Wall Street, where black people held themselves up in dignity and pride and didn't need white people for anything. And this is back in the 20s. And white people hated us, and they burned it down. So my point is that when you have hate, no matter what you do, they're going to hate you. Now, and these people are in a position of power. See, Donald Sterling represents so much more than just a regular guy who doesn't like black people. He represents a judge who looks at one case with a white boy and gets some affluenza, and another case with a black boy for, for having a smidgen of weed and gets him an extended sentence. It's a power, a racist power structure. It's a whole lot bigger than Donald Sterling. And if you, and if you remember, they just turned out affirmative action again in Michigan earlier last month. And he, Donald Sterling is the reason why we need affirmative action, because people in position of power, they're going to discriminate if they're given the opportunity, if they're given the chance. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. Donald Sterling is not an anomaly at all. Yeah. Peter, what, Peter, what about that? There are that? a lot of Donald Sterlings out there in positions of power who feel that way about black people and Latinos and will not hire you for anything if they're not made to. Right. And Lisa, yeah. notice where the ground shifted where Sterling trapped himself and became his own worst enemy. He's so used to being able to treat people uh, however he wanted, say whatever he wanted, do whatever he but wanted. But that's the, but, and, and, and it, can we just pause on that point for a moment? Yes. Because that's also, that, that's also what shocked me just as a reporter, as a media person, is that there was no sense that you even had to make a window dressing apology. Like, no, like he's above the law. Well, I really think yeah. that for so long, his victims, now, now, again, a lot of these cases were settled, right? Not, right. not with findings of guilt. But the people who sued him, were poor black and Hispanic tenants or women who worked for him. It was when he insulted Magic Johnson. It was when he said, you can hang out with black people, but you can't have them to my table. It was when Michael Jordan and LeBron James and Magic and black Americans who are uh, part of an emerging entrepreneurial class among African Americans said, no, that's not good enough. Your money's not good enough. You know, Donald Sterling didn't realize that black Americans want respect as well as just being able to pay them off in legal settlements or paying, him, paying them to play for his basketball team. Uh, and when he didn't get that so publicly, I think that's really, I think it's, it's the nature of who he insulted that what is part of what took so long for this to come to light. Dr. Nason, you there? Yes, I certainly am. All right, this is Professor Mark Nason, a professor of African-American studies and history at Fordham University. What about this whole attitude of white privilege that Donald Sterling seems to subscribe to and feel no need that he needs to change? Um, one of the things we have to realize is he is not alone in either his attitudes or his expectations of immunity. Housing discrimination is the single most widespread form of discrimination in the United States. And it is enforced on a daily basis by tens of thousands of people who have the same attitudes as Donald Sterling. I just uh, mentored a dissertation which documented the extraordinary degree of housing discrimination in Long Island. And it starts at the very top with the people who are in Donald uh, Sterling's position, but goes right down to the real estate brokers on the ground. I think this is a great teaching moment for our society to realize, A, how 
widespread racist attitudes uh, are, and B, how they have tremendous consequences for people's lives. All right. uh, you know, Donald Sterling gets a free pass because of his wealth, but there are hundreds of thousands of people like him who affect, uh, affect employment decisions and housing decisions. But so, let me let me ask everyone, and, and Atana, I want you to feel. Uh, please feel free to jump in, even though you're on the phone. But where do we draw the line? There, there was another basketball owner that that made anti-gay statements. If there's openly gay players in the NBA now, is that going to become an issue? I mean, where do we draw the line between what's acceptable and what's not acceptable? I, if there's anything that I find unfortunate about this situation, from the standpoint of Adam Silver being a new commissioner and having to make this call, it's that you know. It, it's the, the fact that the real issues that Donald Sterling had control over run far deeper than basketball. Yep. And the, the, the real issues and the real damage that was done, you know, have nothing to do with players on a court. But yet and still, it wasn't until there was the threat of an economic backlash for the league, a black eye for the league, and money coming into the to the picture with respect to the league, its owners, that people began to be concerned and that this was a real problem. And I think that that's sort of the unfortunate part of Adam's uh, of, of Sterling's decision coming when it did. Uh, I'm not Sterling. I'm sorry, Silver's decision coming when it did, because when you look at it. It, it almost sends the message that, hey, this is okay so, as so long as, you know, we draw the line at our profits. When our profits are affected, then we don't we, – so, we have a problem with so it. So you're saying the Magic Johnson, the Instagram, the tape recordings, obviously that brought this to light, but it was the fact that these the sponsors pulled out very, very quickly. Absolutely. Peter, what, what about that? Well, it's a billionaire's club. You know, the thing about freedom of speech is it cuts both ways. It's not, it's not a state actor who's taking away Donald Sterling's property, but it's his other club, this club of other owners, which means he's free to think and say whatever he wants, but they're free to throw him out as soon as he becomes more costly to keep around than mm -hmm. to evict. And that's basically what they decided. All right. Well, let, let, let me throw one thing into the mix. My students were inspired that for the first time in recent memory, professional basketball players and professional athletes were standing up uh, against racism in such a uh, coordinated fashion. Uh, that, was some, that was a positive that came out of this. Um, and I think it, it's something that needs to happen more often. Sure, they're celebrities, but they were standing up against something that is not only wrong here, but is a widespread practice in the society. But it's crazy how this whole thing, how this whole thing came out. Kazim, the the these tape recordings that went to TMZ, these recordings that went to TMZ Sports. That's kind of what opened the whole thing up. Mm -hmm. the, the Magic Johnson Instagram picture, and this character, this V. Stiviano, who says she wants to be president now, wearing the crazy <laughs> visors, sitting down. Now she says she was his personal assistant. Yeah. What do we know about what Donald Sterling gave her? I mean, what what we know, we gave her uh, over a million dollars in assets, including like cars, homes. You know, just keeping up with her daily lifestyle, just so she could like stay around him and. Be you know, be like, I know she said she's his personal assistant, but let's call it what it is. You know, I mean, I was his mistress for a long time. And anybody who's been around her or has been around that situation knows the type of people that she's been around. You know, like the type of company she keeps doesn't really beg to the argument that she was just a personal assistant to the guy. You know what I mean? Like a few weeks later, there's pictures of her with Bishop Don Magic Juan and, and you know, corrupt and not, you know, not knocking those guys. Those are great people. But, you know, these are people around L.A. Whereas, you know, if you're 
you're a young lady and you know you not many people know about you like we we don't even know her first name she's just v right she's now. had a couple she's, of couple of different name changes for names, these yeah. past couple of weeks you know what i'm saying so um just you know the way you know speaking into the way that you know the whole thing came about um you know, I'm not even sure if she even realized how big it was going to get. Like, you could tell, you know, when the Like, interview, if she understood it. She, I don't think she did. You know, like, you see the interview that she did with Barbara Walters. She's, she has a certain level of delusion to her where she was started talking. And you're just like, I don't even think she understands, like... She, she, she was, I, I, you know, I'm not going to make no judgments about her, but you know, you could tell that she, the thing just kind of got bigger than she thought it was going to get. That she was, she had no idea what she, she was dealing no with. She had no clue. She had no clue. And I, and I think the money train was running out, and you know, Donald Sterling was. I think it was her, her wife. About well, there was to a lost lawsuit. Yeah, Donald Sterling's wife, Peter, help me with this. In in March, she sued to get back the 1.8 million dollar duplex. Yeah, because that Bentleys. came from that came from you know uh, assets that they got. From the Clippers, you know what I'm saying. So it's not like you know it was Downstone's personal money. It was taking money out from you know things that weren't supposed to go to her. Well, also also California's community property. So if you're married, technically fifty percent of what you own is right. yeah. Right. Is that how that works? And what does they, what about that lawsuit? Well, it, it the thing that that in terms of Mrs. Sterling, if you will, that's interesting is that her hands are not clean. As, as it relates to Donald Sterling mm-hmm. and the owners and, and, and the league. And I think that she has done a masterful PR job in terms of disassociating herself with him and his actions. But, you know, if if the league wants to be taken seriously, if the owners want to be taken seriously, I think that they also have to call her to task because they're very much so aware of how intricately involved she was with much of the discrimination, particularly on that on the housing front and and with respect to the other allegations that have been levied against Donald Sterling. And so when you talk about, you know, Mrs. Sterling, I, I kind of find it laughable that she would be in a position now to sort of take things over uh, without the league stepping in or without the owner, other owners stepping in. And if they want to be taken seriously about this decision, then I think they also have to realize that and, and, and be straight up about the fact that, hey, you were just as much involved as he did. You're just not on tape necessarily, you know, making the same remarks. All right, let's uh, take a phone call. Let's go to Kevin from Brooklyn. Kevin, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, um, I'm just saying that um, we shouldn't really get done and done and like that. What he said was bad. But what people like him, people like him, people like that, like like him, they, they, they love to do that. You know what I'm saying? Because we black people, we don't even love ourselves. We didn't love ourselves. All right. Th- thank you very much for the call. Let's go to uh, let's go to uh, M- Michael right now. Michael, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, Lisa. Hi, everyone. You know, I have to debunk two things that Sterling has said. First, he says that I don't want any blacks at my games, which I take as his arenas. So he is dissing blacks amongst um, his team, the Clippers. What about the blacks and other um, races from the other teams that got to visit the Clippers courts as scheduled? You know, all the teams in the league, you know, do travel to one another courts. And then what about the diverse people that buy the tickets and buy the merchandise in that franchise? All right, Mike, you're raising, they, some, you're raising some good points. I don't think there's any uh, any limit at this point to the number of people that could be offended or outraged by what he did. We need to take a short break right now. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. And uh, 
Also, you can follow me on Instagram, Lisa Evers Live, if you want to see behind-the-scenes pictures of us here in the studio right now. And I'm going to have an important announcement for you toward the end of the show. Very important. And uh, you could be involved with it, too. So you're going, to, you're going to want to stay tuned for that. And let everybody know right now. Tune in Hot97.com and Hot97. And you can win your Hot97 Summer Jam tickets every hour, all weekend long. Sunday, June 1st at MetLife Stadium. Party all day with two stages starting at 2.30 p.m. Nas, 50, Nicki Minaj, Young Money, Lil Wayne, Wiz Khalifa, Trey Songs. You get the idea. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster. And we'll be back right after this. This is Hot 97. You know, Miss Info's like a real hip-hop journalist. She asks every tough question. When you see a naked boob, you have one reaction. When you see a naked boob that is being suckled by a baby, is it a different reaction or same reaction? I've caught myself a couple times going, let me get some of that. (laughs) Every Monday night, 1030 VH1. This is Hot 97. Made hot by Mixed Fusion's Moscato. Get in the mix. After six nights of office takeout, my delicate palate is screaming for something new. Something Bonefish Grill. I'm greeted by my server and a handcrafted cocktail that lights up my bored taste buds. I peruse the menu and see the freshest catches and wood-grilled specialties. I want it all. The only question is... Whom am I going to share it with? Located on Route 9, just south of Sims Road in the Wegman Shopping Center. Learn more at BonefishGrill.com. Bonefish Grill. Happiness here. Lads, clearing out weeds is all about give and take. Hello, this is Scott for Scots. And what I mean is, you want to take those pesky weeds out. But to keep them out, you need to give your grass something in return. Which is exactly what Scott's Turf Builder Weed and Feed does. It kills weeds while it feeds and thickens your grass to help crowd out future invasions. To learn more about Scott's Tough Builder Weed and Feed, go to scotts.com. Weed your lawn and feed it. Choosing the right TV and internet provider is a big decision, so we asked New Yorkers how they choose. How would you feel about paying for internet rated 7th out of 7 and customer satisfaction? I wouldn't like that at all. Okay, how about 6th? That's not much better. Yeah. Now, what if you could have TV and Internet rated number one? Yeah, that's what I want. Then you want 100% fiber optic Verizon Fios, rated first in customer satisfaction. Time Warner Cable and Comcast, they're the two worst. Can I switch right now? Switch from worst to first and get America's fastest, most reliable Internet and incredible HD picture quality. Get the Fios Triple Play online for our new lower price guaranteed for two years and no annual contract. Visit worsttofirst.com today to get this amazing deal. Making the switch from worst to first. That's powerful. Fios available in select areas. Limited time offer for new customers subscribing to a Fios TV Prime HD 15.5 Mbps internet and home phone bundle online. Customer satisfaction ratings based on 2013 American Customer Satisfaction Index for TV and ISPs. The first time you saw a laser level, you were probably a little suspect. Now you wonder how you did without it. At a Red Wing shoe store, we use the latest tools to give you the best fit, like a digital measuring device that not only scans the length and width of your feet, but even gauges pressure points and arch height. And Red Wing offers a 30-day comfort guarantee. It's all part of making sure your boots do their job so you can do yours. Red Wing Shoes. Work is our work. This Mother's Day, Jared the Galleria of Jewelry has an exclusive collection of Pandora charms to celebrate mom's most treasured moments. The new Sweet Mother Dangle charm with its detailed floral design and sparkling stones captures the spirit and sweetness of motherhood for just $65. The Jared exclusive Mother's Day collection also offers the celebration bouquet and family tree charms and cosmic stars clip starting at $45. Come see this exclusive Mother's Day collection only at Jared the Galleria of Jewelry. 
I'm at Bonefish Grill answering your tweets. Henry asks, is it possible to get a case of the Tuesdays? Well, last week, I was at Bonefish Grill enjoying Tuesday tales of lobster. Suddenly, I had an awe-inspiring menu of lobster dishes in front of me, starting at $7.90, like the decadent new lobster grilled cheese and the mouth-watering steamed cold-water lobster tail dinner. Luckily, I was wearing my Italian designer bib. So, case of the Tuesdays? Not when you spend every Tuesday at Bonefish Grill giving those lobsters a high claw for being so awesome. Bonefish Grill. Happiness here. New York City, come party with me. International Club King Party Rocker Heavy Hitter DJ Camelo and friends at the Gardener Studio Square. Going down a Cinco de Mayo party but celebrating on Cuatro de Mayo Sunday. Doors open at 12 and everyone free till 4 p.m. $10 after 4 and receive a free 24-ounce Dos Equis beer. And of course, yours truly, DJ Camilo, will be on the set. Log on to DJCamillo.com for more info. Studio Square is located at 35, 33, 36th Street in Long Island City, Queens. Be there. Warning. Yo, what up? This your homie Ace Hood, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. <laughs> Thanks, Ace. We appreciate that. 1-800-223-9797. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, at Street underscore Soldiers, hashtag Donald Sterling, hashtag Race Rant. And we're taking your telephone calls. What do you think should happen to him? What do you think should happen to the team? And if you could you work for somebody who had those kind of views? Maybe you are right now and don't even know about it. Give us a call, 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. In studio, we have Kazim Famuide. He's a journalist journalist with Stash.com. Peter Keating, senior writer, ESPN The Magazine. Chris Barnes, sports writer, BK Nation. Charles F. Coleman, Jr., federal civil rights attorney. On the phone, we have Atan Thomas, former NBA player and um, very active in our community. He's also a writer and a poet. Professor Mark Nason. Professor of African American Studies at Fordham University. And also we're joined now by Carl Douglas. He is the famous L.A. attorney. And the reason we're talking to him now, he represented former Clippers general manager Elgin Baylor in a wrongful termination discrimination lawsuit against Donald Sterling in 2009. He was sitting across from Donald Sterling for hours and hours during these depositions. Of course, Carl has represented many famous celebrities in L.A., including Michael Jackson and others. And, uh, Carl, what was that like, being face-to-face with him? You know, Lisa, it's interesting. The venom and the defiance that you heard on those tapes is the same venom and defiance that I confronted for hours when I took his depositions back in 2009. The same man. And the, the attitude, when you heard about this, what was your reaction? I really wasn't surprised at all that he had been accused of saying those things. Lisa, there have been allegations about Donald Sterling and his attitudes, his business practices, and his history of racism going back to the early 1980s. The only thing that was surprising to me this time was that the words were caught on tape from his own mouth. I confronted him for hours and hours about various allegations, and on every occasion he would defiantly deny that he ever said those things, and he would show his anger at me for even having the audacity to ask him those questions. And Carl, at one point, didn't he spit his gum at you? You know, 
I, I, I remembered it as a gun, but really it was a swizzle stick, like what you use to stir coffee. Wow. He had a habit of chewing on this swizzle stick in his mouth as he was being asked questions. And I remember distinctly, there was one occasion when I confronted him and asked him point blank whether he was a racist. And he flicked that swizzle stick out of his mouth across my table, landing in front of me. And that reflects the level of disrespect that he will display when his his power is challenged by someone else. But let me ask you this. In 2009, okay, Elgin Baylor, from what our sports experts here are telling me, one of the greatest players ever in NBA history. He was the general manager for the team. He files a discrimination and wrongful termination lawsuit against uh, Donald Sterling, and it doesn't get that much attention. He And he's still, even while this is going on, as Peter Keating from ESPN said here, he's still getting an award from the um, NAACP in L.A. in 2009. When you saw all this attention now because of some recordings made by his mistress, excuse me, personal assistant, and an Instagram photo that that's what finally got this out there, what do you think about that? You know, several thoughts come to mind. First of all, in my community, we say, God don't like ugly. And that's really what came to mind. Also, I was thinking about the irony of it all and, 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 and just reflecting on the fact that God indeed has a sense of humor. Because it really is amusing to me, after all of these years, that finally all of America can hear what I knew back in 2009. And what were what were some of the things in that lawsuit that, that Mr. Baylor said had happened to him? Well, there were allegations, for example, that he had drafted a young African-American kid out of Kansas named Danny Manning in the mid to late 80s. Danny had come to his house for a negotiating session, and when Sterling had made an offer to Danny, he said, that's a lot of money for a poor black kid, and you ought to take that money, Danny. Danny was offended, got up and walked out of the room. There was an occasion when he had a conversation with Elgin Baylor, and he said his, his preferred approach was to have a white Southern coach coaching a black team. And that reflected a plantation mentality that Elgin confronted him with even then. There were several reports of occasions when he would bring his friends who sat next to him at courtside at Clipper Games, into the locker rooms after the games. And while the guys were coming out of the shower, he would tell his friends to admire the beautiful black bodies. This man had housing allegations against him dating back from 2006, where he talked of not wanting to rent to black people because of the way they smelled. He had his wife posing as a housing inspector so she could gain access into some of the apartment units that he rented and look around to find reasons to, to expel African-American tenants. These were allegations we had against him, but in our trial, the judge limited the proof that we could offer. The judge said we could only go back two years before 2008 when he was terminated. And though we had allegations dating back 10, 20, even 30 years, we didn't have the kind of proof that was as fresh as two years. So right before the trial, 
we dismissed our racial discrimination claim and proceeded on the age claim instead, and we lost. All right. Well, I want to think. And what would you like to see? Just finally, before we let you go, Carl, what would you like to see happen here? What would be justice well, at this point? I think it would be justice if all people of conscience were to boycott the Clippers right now to make sure that we can put the final nail into Donald Sterling's ownership coffin. This is a very, very smart man. He's a trial lawyer by training, and he doesn't back down from a fight. But he also is a capitalist. For him, the only color that matters is green. At the and end of the day. see right now that his assets are now beginning to diminish. And I think the 29 other owners have to get him into a room quietly and reflect upon him the, the importance of his trying to sell his asset now. There are sponsors that are leaving. There are fans staying away. And Donald Sterling, I hope, will, will sell his team probably for an extraordinarily high price and walk away into the sunset a disgraced but very wealthy man. All right, Carl Douglas, Attorney Carl Douglas, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. 1-800-223-9797. Chris Barnes? And, and just to piggyback on that, uh, if we all were for races, we didn't know it. Dominique Wilkins, who, when, when he played for the Clippers after his uh, career, not his, his season was over, he insulted him with the offer, and Dominique Wilkins said, I will not take this. Baron Davis, later on, being catcalled by the owner. Mm. For me, justice would be for him to be forced to sell the team, no doubt, but he had to be forced to sell it to a black person. In particular, and there's Magic a lot Johnson. of names being thrown around. Um, Peter, what about it in, in, in terms of the sponsorship? Like, how does that work? Like, how do you make money when you own the team? Obviously, the stadium people coming to the games, but they get money from these sponsors too, right? Well, I have, a, <clears throat> I have all kinds of corporate sponsors for media rights, uh, naming rights. Uh, the thing about it is, though, you can be an NBA owner and make money by basically doing nothing. Donald Sterling's Clippers team was the worst in North American sports mm-hmm. by a large margin for, for a long time. decades. But every year, he got an equal share of the NBA's TV money. And let's face it, um, oh. he has the rights to Los Angeles along with the Lakers. So if you have monopoly rights to your territory and media revenues, you can be a bottom feeder. I mean, mm-hmm. Donald Sterling's had the B team in L.A. right for so many years. One of the ironies about this is the team was just getting good and the Lakers were getting bad. Yeah. So just as the Clippers are becoming the toast of the town and kind of increasing their value even more, it looks like he's going to be thrown and out. And correct me if I'm wrong. Can I rate? Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it, it, was, it was Jerry Buss who initially convinced Sterling to to invest in an NBA team. Yeah. Like he didn't even Don Sterling wanted nothing to do with the NBA. Jerry Buss, who's you know, his the Buss family owns the LA Lakers. He was the one who convinced them who said to get, be into like, the, get, yeah, into the get into the business. Atan or or Atan or Dr. Nason? Yeah, can I raise an impertinent question? How different is Donald Sterling from the other NBA owners? And, and uh, he's on and I think that's a great if if uh would we have the level of housing discrimination in this country if there weren't a lot of Donald Sterlings? What, what about that, that, Charles? I think that's a great question. And, and, and like I said, I, this, the silence of the other NBA owners when this first happened spoke volumes to me. It mm-hmm. was very loud. Um, and, and, it, and I considered 
why it was that there were so many owners out there who purported to be outraged but waited so long to come out with written statements or to say anything on the matter. Um, it is a billionaire's I mean, don't club. You think, though, don't you think the old school owners Absolutely. identified with him? Absolutely. Everyone thinks, they, everyone thinks this and guy was kind a of a renegade fun guy who had some skeletons in his closet, yeah. and everybody did. But you notice, in the last few years, there are some new owners in the NBA. Like the guy who owns the Sacramento Kings and kept them there. He's the born moves. in Mumbai. A guy named Vivek Ranadive. He's a tech billionaire. He's born in Mumbai. He had Magic Johnson at his side right after this story broke, and he denounced Sterling, I think, first among the owners. I think there's a big watershed moment for the league because I think the league, I think this commissioner, who's not David Stern, he's his own man, I think the league executives want some new blood in the ownership and want more diverse, younger, and more financially savvy owners as opposed to just old billionaires who inherit their teams and inherit their money. And are just collecting money, so, cash so, and checks. So who this team goes to becomes a very big deal. I also think that when you start talking about uh, what what the redress is or what the actions that are sh- that should be taken are, you know, it's interesting to me that everyone has said that the NBA has to bear some level of li- liability because they were aware of what was going on. But everybody's only talking about boycotting the Clippers. We're in the middle of playoff season. I get it. You know, th- that the NBA is extremely popular. But if you're going to go as far as to say that the NBA is responsible or partially responsible for having this go on, I'm just curious as to why no one is necessarily calling them to task when you're talking about, quote unquote, single, not singling out, but focusing a boycott on the Clippers. This is a league-wide problem, and we tend to look at sports as being a vacuum away from racism. We've seen with respect to issues with the N-word in the NFL and uh, uh, issues in other leagues, we had a terrible situation that just happened with the Boston Bruins uh, and, and, and when they lost in overtime and all the racist tweets that were going out about the, 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 the player who... The you Canadians know, player? Yeah, the Canadians yeah. player who, who made that goal. Race is clearly an issue in sports. We try to act like it isn't, and I think that this is a real opportunity to have some serious and substantive dialogue about the place of race in sports and how we deal with it. Uh, Tom, what do you think about that? Well, I think that, you know, you, you, I, have to, I have to give tip my hat to the players, uh, the Players Association, the way that they handle everything. You know, power can seize nothing without a demand. It never has and it never will. And that's my Frederick Douglas. Douglas. Frederick Douglas. And, and, and the Players Association reacted swiftly. They went to Adam Silver, who's a new commissioner, um, and they told him exactly what they wanted him to do. You know, they don't have a Billy Hunter right now, so they're still looking for a new executive director. So they got Kevin Johnson, which was a little bit odd because he's the mayor of Sacramento, so he might have had some different interests, but he did well. He went there, and he, and he told them what they wanted. They wanted him to be gone immediately. They wanted the strictest punishment possible by the bylaws. You know what I mean? And, and they wanted him to have um, – they wanted it to happen very quickly. And they were very clear. And they gave Adam Silver really no choice. They really pushed his hand as far as what they wanted. Now, when it first happened, a lot of people were upset with the players because they wanted them to, them to immediately come down and mess up the place. They wanted to, yeah, <laughs> this is a game of chess. Of chess. It's not checkers. <laughs> so they had to do it strategically and intelligently. And if Adam Silver didn't do what he was supposed to do, then they said that they were prepared to take further action. And uh, Roger Mason Jr., who was who is the uh, vice president of the Players Association of the Union, he said that players from around the league were prepared that game that that game five that Tuesday they were prepared to not play. Yes, and they were prepared to not to not um, not not boycott but strike. That, that would have been that never amazing if that would have happened. And, and he said that they were fully prepared to, but they wanted to handle it diplomatically first and let new commissioner Adam Silver have his chance to do his due process, his due diligence, what he said he wanted. And anybody that knows Adam Silver knows that he's very analytical. He's not going to make a rash decision. He's going to, 
you know, survey everything. He's going to take his notes. He's going to check with this person, check with this person, cover all his bases, and then make the decision. But they said, I mean, he said that he was outraged by the tape. And they said, okay, we appreciate your outrage, but the punishment has to reflect that outrage. All right, let's go to the phones, 1-800-223-9797. Let's go to Joe from New Jersey. Joe, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi. Good morning. Uh, I, I, I was just trying to find out why is it that everybody's making a big deal out of Adam he, He's been a racist. He's a racist. His wife's been a racist. Sterling. He had his wife going to five people's houses, finding reasons to put black people out. It's been going on for years. No, no, it, 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 it definitely has. Let's go to Mike from Connecticut. Mike, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, good morning. Um, it's been said that he, he stands to make a lot of money from selling the team. But if we're strategic about this in the way we boycott the Clippers and the brand, um, then the stock, so to speak, in the Clippers would drop. And when the stock drops on the market, you can sell it, but you sell it at a loss. So if, really, if we're really strategic about this, um, we can make sure he doesn't stand to make a lot of money, but to lose in the end. But you, because, uh, again, it's been said, the only know. color he recognizes is green. So let's uh, let's take that route. All right, all right. I want to I bring in a, a financial expert who was just on our finance show, the real estate guy, Jay Morrison. Jay, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great this morning. How are you, Lisa? All right. Thanks for thanks for calling in. What do you think about this idea of boycotting the team in terms of fine, you know, financially dealing a blow to uh, Sterling? Well, I, I think we all have to stand up, and, and the players. I really expected more um, for us to be louder. And, and just not be reactive, but be proactive. And I think we need to hit everyone where it hurts to draw more attention. So this kind of stuff happens every day. This is the most publicized, the most popular issue. But, you know, I'm a part of a coalition called the African Descendants United for Justice. And we're seeing, like, lynchings happen in America. We're seeing the Trayvon Martins happen, the Oscar Grant, the Kendrick, the Kendrick Johnson. And it's like we as a people, as African descendants, got to stand up and, and really make a louder voice and have more impact. That's what I want to see. I want to see us, like, just not be so reactive to one incident and it fades away after the media story dies, but actually understand there's an actual de facto system going on in America that's like post-slavery that hasn't went away yet. This is just one recent incident of it. All right, great. Jay, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate it. All right, thank, thanks so much. And let's check in uh, what's happening on Twitter. I almost neglected Twitter here. <laughs> Dominican Drew. Uh, Twitter. That's Twitter. what you call yourself. Yeah, I'm I mean, not... that's what everybody here calls me. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Andrew. Andrew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Um, we have Jonesy seven one eight says that I don't agree with boycotting the Clippers. It's Sterling's fault, not Doc Rivers, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, or anybody else um, associated with the Clippers. And uh, the choice of NYC, which she was on our show a while ago too. She said they need to hit him where it hurts, which is in his pockets. They do not need to boycott him, and, and they what they really need to do is get him out of that position. All right, uh, Peter, let me just, because uh, we're almost out of time here. In term, move, Moving forward, where does the NBA, do they have the authority to, does the league have the authority to, to make Sterling divest himself of the team or to sell it? Well, the league can actually terminate the franchise if it wanted to. The commissioner has a lot of power as long as he's backed by the other owners. But I don't think they can stop him from transferring it to a family member if he, if this if he wants to give this to his daughter or he wants to let his wife take over or if he wants to sell it and make a lot of money cuz the team's going to sell for a billion dollars i don't think it's within the league's reach to stop that but i do think that donald sterling got 
a lot more than money out of this team. He wanted a public celebrity. He wanted the public to like him. He was always sitting courtside. He kind of holding court with his guests, and he wanted to be and his the, private assistant, and he, personal and, assistant, and, and, excuse me, and his, and his lady Various friends, personal assistants, private and personal. But he wanted to be on the back pages, and I think it actually does hurt this public shaming and and kind of making him so uncomfortable that he has to get out of the league does affect him. But I, I, I do you have, think he even gets it, or to, to him this is just another like lawsuit legal I problem? I think that's to what kind of makes it funny because like the the common thread with all these things was, well, I'm paying you. Why are you upset? Like, right. I'm throwing yeah. money at it, and it, he doesn't understand. Even that. the way he talked about the players, I'm putting food on their table. Like yeah, they're doing nothing. Cars and houses. Yeah. Like yeah. like they're doing he, nothing to earn it. He doesn't get it yet, but I think when they vote twenty nine nothing to <laughs> expel him, he'll probably start to get it. But I don't think the league can reach his money. I mean, he's eighty years old. Like if he doesn't get it by now, it's. But do you think he's got lawyers? Do you think this whole time, as soon as this happened, he's had lawyers trying to figure out? Oh legal? yeah, but absolutely. I, I think he does, but I, I, I don't necessarily believe that he's going to have a, a snowball's chance in hell right. of being able to, right. to hold on to that team once mm-hmm. the owners uh, vote unanimously, which they will, to expel him from the league. I mean, he's going to try to fight it. He's a lawyer by trade. That won't be a surprise, but uh, just with the way that the league is, its constitution and how things are set up, I don't believe he's going to be able to win that fight. I mean, the one thing that makes this interesting is that, you know, the way that this could get sold, we could go into next season and he could still be the owner. And, you know, the whole way that this is going to... It's going to get dragged out for a long time, especially (laughs) if they divorce and him and his wife separate. Well, I don't know if that's going to happen. We're going to have to see what... We're going to have to follow this. Go ahead, Peter. what would be really interesting to see if, if the team can attract free agents if mm-hmm. he's still the owner. If I players don't. finally say, "No, I won't oh, take I'm not your playing for no, him. I won't take your I money." That'll be a big moment. Okay, seriously. that'll be that'll definitely be a big moment. We're going to be following this, and and I, I really we didn't even get into the whole issue here with the wife and the personal assistant and the other lawsuit of the former per, quote unquote personal assistant Alexandra Castro. They yeah they yeah. sued the uh, it was the same kind of thing. It was, it was almost, he gave her all these millions the of dollars. Same exact thing. Gave her a ton of money. Gave her Range Rovers, Bentleys, all that type of stuff, and then the they, wife comes in to sue her to get it back. It's yeah, like a think, like a scam. Yeah, what Castro tried to do was transfer um, the Sterling ownership to her own name, and when she couldn't do that, you know, she she sued him, and uh, they eventually settled for I think around two hundred thousand dollars, whatever. So that kind of makes it funny that Sterling's only comments after this was I should have just paid her off. Yeah, exactly. Which is what happened. All right, well, I'm sure ago. we're going to be talking about this again. I want to thank all of our guests for for being with us. We heard earlier from Carl Douglas, um, L.A. attorney who represented Elgin. Baylor, uh, Professor Mark Nason, Atan Thomas, former NBA player, and also writer and poet, Kazim Famuidev with Stash.com, Peter Keating, senior writer, ESPN The Magazine, Chris Barnes, um, BK Nation sports writer, Charles F. Coleman Jr., federal civil rights attorney. And if people want to contact you? I'm on Twitter at C.F. Coleman Jr. and on the internet at www.cfcolemanjr.com. All right. And let me, uh, I want to thank all of our guests for being with us. Everybody on the phones, um, Kira, oh, there's so many people here, John, Rodney, everybody else. I'm sorry, we can't get to your telephone calls right now, but... um We appreciate you calling in and participating on the show. I want to let you know this episode of Street Soldiers was brought to you by Metro Plus Health Plan. Win a trip to Florida. Visit hot97.com slash Metro Plus to enter. And I have got some really big news for everybody. I want you to be the first to know. Tomorrow night at 1030 on Fox 5 News, we are debuting a new segment called Street Stories with Lisa Evers. The first episode is focusing on homeless children that I met on the streets of Brooklyn. This is a story I wanted to do for a long, long time. More than 20,000 kids are in shelters every single night, have no apartment, no home. 
of their own. And I could really use your help in getting the word out about this. Follow me on Twitter at Lisa Evers by tweeting it out. It's 1030 tomorrow night on Fox 5 News, retweeting what we're sending out today and tomorrow. And um, if this gets a lot of attention, if they see that there's an interest in it, they're going to let me be doing more stories because a lot of you come up to me during the week when I'm out and about and running around and, hey, Lisa, this is going on, that's going on. And, you know, we try to follow it up and get some of the things we talk about on Street Soldiers on TV also and bring it out to an even bigger audience. So uh, I can use your help and your support on this. So please put a note in your phone tomorrow night, 1030. Set your DVR. Please help me get the word out so uh, that we can do that. And if you have ideas, also hit me up on Twitter at Lisa Evers. And also we got to give a shout out to Margaret Community Corporation. They're presenting a free Mother's Day concert with Sypha Sounds and Drewski. Special guest, State Senator James Sanders Jr. at Springfield Gardens High School, 143-10. Springfield Boulevard in Springfield Gardens. That's next Saturday, the day before Mother's Day, from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. If you want to participate on our Mother's Day show, hit up my executive producer, Tone Capone, Tone for Real at gmail.com. That's Tone for Real at gmail.com. And also want to say a special thank you to Silverback Social's Idia Ogala, always giving us great insight information and as this time as a sports writer and also happy birthday shout out may 6th to dj sean money shout out to gus at uppercuts for sponsoring shoot hoops not guns now if you're coming to summer jam which i hope you are you need to check out our booth and the event that we're staging at the street soldiers booth at the summer jam festival village we're going to have nba denver nuggets star kenneth farid there shooting hoops not animal. guns to get the message out. That's probably me. And the manimal. The manimal. Yeah, we got a lot. <laughs> yes. It's gonna be. It's gonna be really hot. And uh, you know, you can participate, get autographs, get pictures, the whole thing. So uh, make sure you come out and check us out. So thanks to Gus from Uppercuts in Long Island for for making that possible. All the equipment and the backboard and and that whole thing. And I want to thank my whole crew here at Hot ninety seven. Executive producer Tone Capone, our Hot ninety seven digital director, the one and only Jeffrey Thacker, associate producer Angelique Tyree, Amber Ravenel, production supervisor Andrew Veris, our board op tech support, the one and only TJ, LisaEvers.com. Follow me on Twitter at Lisa Evers. And please, please, please check me out on the Fox Five News at ten thirty tomorrow. Street stories, growing up homeless in New York City. Have a great week, everybody. Remember, use your mind; it's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for peace. A lot of people go to Summer Jam. People from as far as my eyes can see. Summer Jam! But only a selected few get to be VIP. Summer Jam. Platinum passes and cash. Premium seats to the show. Access to the 50-yard line patio. Hang out with the Hot 97 family as we broadcast live. And the VIP Platinum Lounge with the only full cash bar. Win your Summer Jam tickets every hour from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And listen for VIP hours to win Platinum Lounge tickets and $97. Performing live. This your man Nas. Yo, this is 50 Cent. Nicki Minaj. This is your man Lil Wayne. Yo, what up? It's your boy Wiz Khalifa, man. Trey Songz. Plus more artists and more surprises. You know how we get down. Made hot by Pepsi. Right now at the Home Depot, get five bags of Scott's Earth Grow colored mulch for just 10 bucks. So let's lay it on thick, colorful, and rich with the mulch that comes with a one-year color guarantee. Make your yard picture perfect. Give your plants the moisture they need and leave weeds with no room to grow. Let's do this. Spring into savings with five bags of Scott's Earth Grow colored mulch for just 10 bucks. More saving, more doing. That's the power of the Home Depot. While supplies last, selection varies by store U.S. only. See store for details. Let's give it up for respect, for pleases and thank yous. Greeting each other by name and recognizing that people should always come first. 
Allstate puts you first with the claim satisfaction guarantee. If your claim experience isn't fast, fair, and hassle-free, 